<laughs> yeah, you can't just have one. You got to wow. finish the pack in front of them now. You know, that's what dad used to say. Yeah, yeah I, I would have gone Pringles with that one, but uh, no, I get it. I totally get it. Live from the Annex Wealth Management Studios at the Avenue in downtown Milwaukee, this is Wisconsin's Morning News. In for Vince Petrano, here's Eric Bilstad. It sounds like a trope from a horror movie, but it actually happened. Let me let me set the set the scene for you here. Imagine you're at a funeral. There we go. It's nice. It's sad, but you're celebrating, right? Celebrating the life of a great woman. This happened in Ecuador, a woman 76 years old. Family was there. Closed casket. Folks one-on-one are walking up there, crossing, having a moment. There's praying, of course. Likely some tears. And then all of a sudden, out of nowhere, you hear... That's exactly what happened. That's exactly what happened. The 76-year-old woman who they thought was dead was really alive. And as they opened the casket, she floated above everyone with her hair on fire. No, that, that part didn't happen. Um, but no, she was actually really alive. There were 20 of us in there, said the son of this woman. After about five hours of the wake, the coffin started to make sounds. My mom was wrapped in sheets, hitting the coffin. When we approached, we could see that she was breathing and that she was alive. Oh my goodness. So then the funeral continued and they finished the eulogy. Because why wouldn't you? And then she said, all right, what are you really going to say about me? What would you have planned? Let me see your notes. No, this is the part that I can't get over is why in the world did this happen? Video shows immediately afterward the coffin is resting on the floor of a small room, furnished with a crucifix. Inside the open casket, a woman with a gaunt face, gray hair, moving her mouth up and down as two men try to help her. Then they rushed her out of there, and like Debbie said, they got to figure out what to do with the sandwiches. So I was questioning how in the world something like this could happen. And we got an interesting text from someone. So this happened in Ecuador. Obviously, it's hotter down there. It can be humid and whatnot. And the texter says that oftentimes in Ecuador, different countries down there, they do not embalm. And the reason they don't embalm is because of the heat. So they usually do have the funerals shortly thereafter, which makes me wonder how often does this nightmare happen? And how often has it happened in the past? People being buried alive. <laughs> there, there it is. It does make me wonder, though, what, what's worse? Would it be worse to be buried alive and wake up? Or would it be worse to be embalmed while still alive? Either one is... Well, you a don't pr- last very long if you're being embalmed while you're alive. <laughs> both, both sound awful. It's going to make it quick. And here's my question. Who in the world is going to see that doctor again? After the doctor said that, that oh, nope, she's oh, we, my we're, bad. Sorry. We're declaring her dead. <laughs> no, so now she's been rushed back. Hopefully uh, she makes it. She is in intensive care. Clearly it had not been doing well because they just couldn't resuscitate her when they thought she had suffered a stroke and taken her to the, the hospital and then the funeral as it was. It got me wondering, though, this is definitely the most memorable funeral ever, right? Like if you were there, this is the one that you remember. I mean, sometimes I'm always curious. Open that one up on the text line. If anyone has any memorable funeral moments, those, those can be good. There can be some good ones on the old National Bank talking text line, 855-616-1620.
Anything memorable? Obviously, I don't think anyone woke up and banged on the casket. <laughs> oh, jeez. And then they started dancing, Debbie. <laughs> no, we had a weird story with my grandfather when he passed away. We did not embalm him. Um, so it was a relatively quick kind of thing. And they okay. had him like kind of on ice or whatever. I don't know how they do okay. exactly. But um, we were all standing around the coffin and or around, around his body. And all of a sudden, everybody started like, started noticing there was like, what looked like beads of sweat and we're like okay don't tell grandma i'm standing right next to grandma kind of trying to get in front of her so she doesn't see it because like it might be really you know freaky for her sure finally we asked my uncle or my actually we tell my dad and he's like looking at it really closely he's like i I don't know why i don't know (laughs) we asked my uncle he looks at it really quick looks at everybody he's like that's the holy water gal just sprinkled on him (laughs) what the heck (laughs) (laughs) oh boy almost got grandpa back Almost, but just not quite. Thank you, Debbie. 716, we got to get the sports next. Sports, by the way, is sponsored by a Holiday Automotive at Highway 23 in Fond du Lac. Holiday Automotive, it's worth the trip. She's suffocating, said her loved ones, who frantically pulled her out and called an ambulance after they heard her banging on the coffin for help. The woman had been trapped there for hours and was suffering from cardiac arrest. Now she's back in the hospital where her family says they're monitoring her a little more closely. Time for an update from the Gruber Law Office's One Call, That's All Sports Desk. Here's Brandon Snide. The Milwaukee Brewers lost their fifth straight game on Tuesday night. This one coming off a 7-5 loss to the hands of the Minnesota Twins. The Brewers will look to bounce back later today with Colin Ray expected to get the start. Coverage will begin right here on WTMJ beginning at 11.30. To the NFL where it was day one of mandatory. Tory minicamp and an indoor practice for the Packers on a Tuesday afternoon in Green Bay. Perfect attendance. We've, there's a couple guys that are excused for personal matters, but uh, everybody else is here. Day two of that mandatory minicamp will commence later this afternoon for the Packers. Artificial intelligence takes a step forward in the music industry. That's next. Wisconsin's Morning News with Vince Vetrano. Vince is off this week. Eric Bilstead here, along with Mike Spaulding, Brandon Snyde, Debbie Lazaga, and thanks to Greg Hill for keeping us on track. Gotta get to it. If my intelligence is artificial, then why am I smarter than you? Artificial intelligence. We knew this was coming. In fact, Greg Hill told us about this a couple of weeks ago, that we were going to see more and more AI as it dips into the musical world. Well, now we have Paul McCartney sending shockwaves through both the music and the tech world, telling the BBC that a brand new Beatles track will be released later this year. How is this going to be actually happening? Joining us from ABC is their technology reporter in New York, Mike Dubusky. Hi, Mike. Mike, we got you. Uh-oh. Lost Mike. Mike, are you there? Hey there. Can you hear me? Oh, I got you now. Oh, got hi. Now. <laughs> All right. So I'm uh, here. Out of nowhere, some cutting-edge AI is going to 
help Paul McCartney create a new Beatles tune, eh? Yeah, that's right. So McCartney told the BBC yesterday that there's this unheard, unlistened to Beatles track that they have kicking around, and they're going to release it. And the way they're able to do that is using artificial intelligence. So the story here, guys, is that they had this demo track of John Lennon's voice kicking around, and using artificial intelligence, they were able to sort of isolate his voice from that track, and that's what allowed this new song to come together. And guys, that's pretty much all we know about it at this stage. We don't know what it's going to sound like. We don't know what any of the lyrics are or even what it's going to be called. But we do know, according to McCartney, that they're going to release it before the end of the year. So we're going to get a listen to it pretty soon. I'm fascinated by this. Not And even if you're not a Beatles fan, there this could leave major ripple effects just across the music world, right, Mike? I mean, we're talking about the ability to recreate someone's voice who's either dead or no longer able to sing and turn into new tracks, potentially. I mean, this this could... We could hear from Frank Sinatra again someday. In fact, would you like to hear from Frank Sinatra? Yeah, because I have a please. clip to play for you. So this was back in 2020. There was this neural network called Jukebox, where they were sort of kicking around different ideas, and they got an AI version of Frank Sinatra's voice to sing a Britney Spears song. And here's what that sounded like. You're I think fair to say, not the greatest rendition of Britney Spears' Toxic. I, I think that is fair to say. But in the years since 2020, AI music has come a pretty far away. Here's an AI Ariana Grande. That's not bad. Pretty good to me. Yeah. yeah, no. But let's say maybe you're not an Ariana Grande fan. Maybe you don't like Blinding Lights by the Weekend. Maybe you're more of a Billie Eilish fan. You used to call me on my cell phone. when you need. Again, not Billie Eilish there. That is a completely computer generated voice singing Drake's Hotline Bling. And Drake himself has an AI replicant out there. <laughs> Cause at the time I see about the face I get the tingles this daily pace Starts in my toes So there's plenty of AI music to listen to out there If you go looking for it, guys You know, Mike, as exciting as I know it is And these things make their rounds on TikTok I know there's already been some legal action On the part of, I think it was that Drake song, right? That they're like, look, the, we need to get a hold of this Before it becomes a big thing I'm not getting, you know, rights to any of this stuff I'm assuming down the road here, there will be more and more lawyers involved. And the music industry is notorious for this Absolutely. kind of stuff. It just is like right the next level of lawsuits within the music industry. Right. At least how I kind of look at it. 100%. And yeah, that Drake song that you referenced there was a thing that went viral a couple of months ago. It was this completely uh, AI-generated collaboration between an AI Drake and an AI The Weeknd. It was called Heart on My Sleeve. Here's a little clip of that. And this went, as you mentioned, hugely viral on TikTok and on Spotify and on YouTube Music and Apple Music and all the other music platforms. And Universal Music Group, who represents both of those artists, filed copyright claims against those platforms and had it taken down. That's a pretty hard song to track down at this moment. Mike, did, but, but, oh, go ahead, Mike. But, but I was going to say that that moment, uh, actually, the the if you talk to the uh, copyright lawyers, they say that this 
case of the AI Drake song, Hard on My Sleeve, had more to do with the sort of producer tag that the creator included at the beginning and less to do with the music itself. And that comes back to this idea that artists generally don't copyright their voices. They copyright things like their song titles and their lyrics, their flow, their vibe, their voices. That's a little harder to pin down. So at the moment, we don't really have a firm legal standing here, at least from a copyright perspective. Wow. Fascinating. This is only going to get more and more crazy. The the bag of worms is now open. Mike, thank you. Of course, guys. Take care. Mike Dubusky from ABC News, the technology reporter there. Also, think about, I mean, look at what Paul McCartney's doing. Paul doesn't need the money, uh, obviously, but you're going to see other bands consider this option, too. If they haven't written anything in a while or if their singer no longer is able to sing the way he used to sing. That mid-album sort of kind of dead period where you write you know, you write the album, you yep. tour, and then you need time to, to, to get a new album together. I see that kind of filling that void. June 14th, it's Flag Day. But not only is it Flag Day, it is also World Blood Donor Day. Every two seconds, someone is in need of blood or platelets, which is one of the components of blood. That amounts to 40 thousand units of blood cells that are needed every single day and the blood supply from folks donating just isn't keeping up. Milwaukee County Chief Health Policy Advisor Dr. Ben Weston on the importance of blood donation. The American Red Cross and other organizations are urging people to give blood, which isn't only used in trauma and injury cases. A lot of folks need blood. It's critical to living and it's critical to a lot of people who have chronic disease or acute disease as well. Sandy Max, WTMJ News. So Sandy, of course, is leading our latest WTMJ Cares initiative, uh, raising awareness for a blood drive that's going to take place at the Milwaukee County Zoo on June 26th, 27th, and 28th. This is all thanks to Gruber Law Offices. All you got to do is text the word BLOOD to 855-616-1620 or go to WTMJ.com. You can find the link there. Just text the word BLOOD to the Old National Bank talking text line 855-616-1620. We'll send you all the information and hopefully we'll see you in just a couple of weeks for that event at the zoo. 743, Jeff Levering joins us for Brewers 360 next. Time for an update from the Gruber Law Office's One Call, That's All Sports Desk. Here's Brandon Snide. The Marky Brewers lost their fifth straight game on Tuesday night. This one coming off a 7-5 loss to the hands of the Minnesota Twins. The Brewers will look to bounce back later today with Colin Ray expected to get the start. Our coverage will begin right here on WTMJ beginning at 11.30. Brewers 360 sponsored by Holiday Automotive. Jeff Levering, the voice of the Brewers, joins us on Wisconsin's Morning News. Jeff, some losses just hurt a little bit more. One last night just hurt just a little bit more. Yeah, that's an understatement. Uh, Kind of a gut punch last night, and and the Brewers are finding new ways to lose games. And hopefully this week um, can get better starting this afternoon. you got to have a really quick memory after a, a tough loss like that, and then you come back and you have a noon game the next day. Hey, how's your boy doing in Little League? I know that uh, he and Grindle, are, his little kid, are in the same team. How are they playing so far this year? Yeah, they're playing pretty well. Their club uh, had a tough one the other day. Uh, they lost, uh would have been on Monday night. Uh, but they, I think they've only got four losses on the season and still plenty of ball games to go over the summer. I think they've got another month to go. So uh, they're having a lot of fun. It's a good little group. Little Levo is uh, cleaning up, I'm assuming, batting 400, got an OPS over 500. <laughs> 
No, I don't think I don't think he's there yet. Uh, we're just—he's just having a lot of fun. He's playing some outfield. He's got some third base in him, some second base in him, and uh, a couple of saves on the mound. Oh, there you go. Hey, so because yeah. Father's Day is Sunday, and as you know, what we like to do here, Jeff, is give you suggestions and thoughts on on your play by play. Because it's important that yeah. you you know you get the you need you know you need us to help us. I mean, you've said so multiple times. <laughs> yeah. So I thought that we could you know we were trying to come up with uh, maybe some dadisms that you could incorporate into a home run call. And what we figured mm. we'd do is just maybe dig into some of these old archives of we, we've heard some of these done in the past. Uh, so here's one. Bases are loaded. Runners will get a head start. The 3-2 pitch. Swing and a drive. Deep into right center. I will turn this car around. It is out of here. I can't believe it. Grand slam home run. Right, so I thought that was a subtle nod, right? Subtle nod to dad yeah, there. Yeah, really <laughs> absolutely turn this car around. Mm-hmm. Here's another one that we found. <laughs> you might like this one. We're even at 2-2. And the pitch. Swing and a high fly ball. Right field. Can you be quiet? I can't even hear myself. Think home run to right field. <laughs> so, you know, not bad. Not bad. So That's really good. We did find a couple other ones that are a little bit more eclectic. Like this one might be for the uh, some of us who are a little bit older. He's had a pretty good day. He's two for two. A couple of home runs already. Here's the 1-0. Fastball ripped deep into center field. It is way back. It is off the scoreboard. Gone. He's saying if you smoke one, you got to smoke the entire pack. His entire pack is a three-home run game. <laughs> yeah, you can't just have one. you got to wow. finish the pack in front of him now. You know That's what Dad used to say. Yeah, yeah I, I would have gone Pringles with that one, but uh, no, I get it. I totally get it. <laughs> now, you told me once, and I think it was opening day, that you have this tradition with your father and your son, right? Where you, 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 you pop on a movie and you watch it every opening day or as close to opening day as possible. Yeah, the night before, we always watch The Natural. And since we've been in different states, um, we'll, we'll kind of time it up and say, okay, let's, we're pushing play right now, and then we'll call each other when it's over. That's but yeah, cool. that's every, every year. We've done it since I was about eight or nine years old. Well, the best part is uh, when you have Father's Day at home and you get to do that this weekend. So have a happy Father's Day on Sunday there, Jeff. No, I appreciate it. Thank you. Happy Father's Day to you as well, Eric. Have a great one. Thank you. And bring some wins around. Come on. <laughs> Tired of all these losses, Jeff. <laughs> Most importantly, let's let's try and call a couple of winners. I'm with you on that. <laughs> Thank you, bud. Yeah, see you guys. A swing and a drive deep to center field. You call that music? That's just noise. It's out of here. A two-run shot to deep center field. Idea Man. All it takes is one bad swing and your mind starts racing. Innovative. And that's why I think a lot of us love golf. And Packers Hall of Famer. Is because mentally it'll wear you out and make you miserable, but then when you hit something good, you feel like you conquered the world. It's time for Tausch on Wisconsin's Morning News. Presented by Pella Windows and Doors of Wisconsin and Kohler Services. Mark Tauscher joins us down the line, again, sponsored by Pella Windows and Doors of Wisconsin and Kohler Services. Tausch, it is minicamp season up in Green Bay. They'll finish up practice today with a, let's call it mandatory fun day on Thursday. Do you recall any of your 
minicamp getaway days with the Green Bay Packers? And if so, what was your most rememberable one? Uh, yes, I, I remember the first one was kind of, uh, it, it was new at that point. Now I think every team is doing it, but the amount of, you would think we have guys ranging from ages, you know, 22 to 34. You wouldn't think the excitement level would be as high for getting a day off of practice, but they made us go through the whole charade. We went and got our ankles taped, and we saw that there was a bus pulling up, so we knew something was up. But I think you could ask pretty much every player if they remember their OTA team-building exercises, and you could say, yes, there's kickball. There's We went hunting one time. We played golf. But the, the two that jump out at me the most, we played dodgeball in the gym uh, at Lambeau. And you would have thought the way the draft went, people's feelings got hurt and they took it out. And, and, you know, punters and kickers, where, wherever they went, everybody always thought, well, the linemen are going to be the worst. And it turns out linemen aren't bad at dodgeball, even though we're bigger bodied. Nimble on the feet. Uh, the arm strength and all of that. Then somebody got hurt playing dodgeball, so I don't know if dodgeball dodgeball is still in play. And then the other one is paintball, and that was the creme de la creme. That was the one where I think everybody was super excited. I think the coaches were probably nervous because those those paintballs hurt, and you have some real jerks where typically if you concede, you put your hands up, you're done. Well, there were guys that would take added shots, and the amount of welts on people's bodies after that paintball experience, uh, it was, I don't know if it ended up having the positive effect of team building or if people were just really pissed off about it because it got it got as competitive as you'd think it would, and it got a little nasty, but, man, it was a ton of fun. So how do these – I mean, obviously they come about, you know, the, the coaches want to have some fun, get away, you know, build in the offseason. How do these come about, though? Who – do they? does the coach call in the team captains? Is it the coach's call? Is, you know, is the front office involved? How, how do they decide on what the team is going to do? Yeah, I, I think the head coach kind of has some ideas in his head, and then he runs it by, you know, typically it would have been Favre in the beginning and then – we had, when we did the golf, they kind of called up. I was an older player at that time, so we all went up, and they were kind of going over who was, you know, how it was all going to go. But it really, in the beginning, was about surprise and the fact it was the last day of school feel. That was, I think, what the coaches were going for. And the most important aspect, I think, that they wanted out of it was don't just put everybody in the same group. Get out there with some different people that, you know, maybe it, for me it would have been put us with some defensive backs that you're not in all the meetings with and you're not going against that often. Uh, the, the main goal of all of these is to have a better understanding and maybe form stronger relationships with guys that you don't deal with on a daily basis. So you try to mix it up offensive, defensive, and you want it to be competitive but you really just want those relationships to build so that you know when maybe a season gets off to a tough start you have those uh you have some things to go back to in order to help form those relationships that you need to kind of get through some tough times did anyone ever make any like nerdy suggestions like let's play bridge or how about bunko uh what is that game katana have you guys heard oh, of this uh, the, that's a great yeah, game yeah katan which i know nothing about 
Uh, I volunteered. I wanted to get a sheep's head tournament. Uh, that got vetoed real quick, <laughs> even though we ended up turning. I turned a few guys later uh, where they ended up becoming sheep's head players. Not everybody in the locker room was real interested in playing <laughs> sheep's head. So, yeah, there uh, as I think with all teams, there's always some dumb ideas that uh, usually get kind of panned out. Hey, guys, how about spoons? Let's play spoons. No, never, never happened. Yeah. Ghost in the Graveyard would have been fun. <laughs> There's a ton great. of games that, looking back at it now, I think would have been even more fun. Maybe a cooking competition. That could be something. I so, like that. I, I think as long as you don't just stick to golf and all the boring, try to get out there. But then I think when there was like a pheasant hunt or something, I even thought, that's this seems crazy to me. There's, I'm not <laughs> sure we should far. be doing that, but... <laughs> Yeah, it all worked itself out. All right, Tosh. We'll talk again tomorrow. Trivia Thursday tomorrow. Sounds good. By the way, the forecast is sponsored by Daydray Camp Heating, where your comfort is their family's tradition. Now the Milwaukee Business Journal has business headlines. It's Sean Ryan. Car traffic from a proposed Chick-fil-A restaurant, Ruffles Feathers in Wauwatosa, leading the Planning Commission to recommend against the project. The city's Common Council will review the Mayfair Road proposal later this month. Restaurant software company Spothopper in Milwaukee raises $12 million from investors to advance its AI systems. The company's software is used by restaurants, including Sobelman's. The owner of the former Grand Avenue Mall in Milwaukee buys a three-acre site for a future housing redevelopment in Brewers Hill. No specific plans have yet been drawn up. This is Sean Ryan with MilwaukeeBusinessJournal.com on News Radio WTMJ.